When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. On a day where it's not only the start of the festival of footy, but Majak's back. G'day and welcome. Great to have your company here on Time On as we get set for 33 games of footy in 20 days. Later on this hour, we'll cross to the Western Bulldogs room ahead of their game against Richmond tonight. Aaron Norton won't be out there playing but he will be our special guest on Time On. We'll also talk kangaroos. Luke McDonald from the Roos will join us a little bit later on. We'll have the latest on positive COVID tests in the NBL. We'll talk about the ins for Melbourne and Port Adelaide. And who's it a big four weeks for? I'll pose you that question here on Time On. After 6 o'clock, it is Wednesday the 29th of July and we press go on the turbo button for the 2020 season. My name's Jack Heverin. Great day to be alive. Looking forward to being with you this hour. A couple of good names joining us as well. Aaron Norton from the Dogs, Luke McDonald from the Kangaroos and you can join me across the hour. 1300 736 736 on the phone. 04-33-98-11-16 on the text. We'll get the teams in very shortly. The final teams for Richmond and the Western Bulldogs for tonight's game. And we'll also get the teams for Melbourne and Port Adelaide. And there may be a couple of others will start to trickle through as well. Tom Hawkins is currently at the AFL Tribunal. We'll give you the latest on that one when we have a decision as well. And the question that I want to pose to you, one 736 736 on the phone we normally do this on a Wednesday, but considering that things are about to go absolutely crazy for the next four weeks, I'm not even sure when we're back on this show. I think we've just got footy every night, so I don't know when we're back next. So instead of posing the question, it's a big week four, I want to expand that because we might not get to chat for a while. Answer this question for me. It's a big four weeks four. You finish the sentence. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the phone. 0433981116 on the text. For those who were just with uh, with Drive, I did the last half an hour for Andy with Bob, and I said that I reckon team seasons are either going to be set up or destroyed in the next four weeks. So who's it a big four weeks for, player or team? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I want to talk about a couple of Richmond players, a Brisbane player, and one team that in the next four weeks I want to work out just how good they are. I'll get to that very, very shortly. But the news of the day, and it's always nice to start 
with fantastic news. And that is that Majak Dor will play his first game for North Melbourne since 2018 against Adelaide on Saturday. Here's the announcement today at Kangaroos Training. Fortunate enough to, to be able to present this to everyone, but uh, one of our own has been through a pretty um, substantial period in his life, no doubt. Um, but we've all been a part of the journey. Um, it's been 706 days since he's played AFL football. Uh, we've seen his journey. We've seen how much work he's done to get back to this point. Um, it's been an incredible journey. Um, and this, this feat that he's going to achieve this weekend is it's going to be one of the great stories in AFL footy. So join with me. Congratulating the big fella. How can you not just smile? With that, how can you not just smile with joy for Majak Dor, who's been through a lot on the field and off the field, and even when he was just about ready to make his return, got injured in the build-up to the return of footy after the COVID break and just had another setback along the way. It's fantastic to see. That was Jack Zeeble, the captain of the Kangaroos, delivering the news at training today. And here's Majak a short time ago speaking on the North Melbourne website. Pretty excited that I get to play again. Um, it's been a long time since I played, but also it's a um, yeah. It's been testing, been testing few few years. You know, it's test my character, my resilience, um, how I can bounce back from setbacks, and it's just yeah. There's there's no greater feeling. It's the ultimate reward for the hard work. You know, both personally and all uh, my mental health battle. Good on you, Mad Jack. Good luck on the weekend. Doesn't matter whether you have one disposal or 20. The fact that you're back out there is huge. So congratulations. And I hope everything, I speak on behalf of all of us, I hope that everything goes really, really well for you over the next few weeks as well. one 736 to join me on the phone. 433 on the text. We'll talk Melbourne United and their positive COVID test from this afternoon. Mitch McCarran and Joe Lawala-Chill are the players uh, in question. Vince Gravelli joined Bob and Andy this afternoon. I'll share some of that with you a little bit later on. But to your calls and your texts, who's it a big four weeks for? Normally on a Wednesday, I ask you, who's it a big weekend for? I want to expand that further. For the head of the festival of footy, or the footy frenzy, whatever you want to call it, who's it a big four weeks for? I've got three written down. I'll just sort of bleed them in slowly. I don't want to go with all of them straight away. I reckon it's a big four weeks for Lockie Neal. And Lockie Neal can just about sell up the Brownlow if if he has a big four weeks. If he can get more votes, he's got a lot of votes already, I reckon. If he can get some more of those type of performances where he's getting the three or the two, I reckon that might just about be enough with four games to go. I reckon that could be enough for him to sell up the Brownlow. So it's a big four weeks for Lockie Neal as he potentially hunts a Brownlow medal. Who's it a big four weeks for? one 736 736 I've got an AFL fan emblem pack to give away. You can stick it to vehicles, laptops, most things. Visit fanemblems.com.au for retailers. Nathan's in Craigieburn. G'day, Nathan. Yeah, good evening. How are you? Excellent, thank you. Uh, I reckon it's a big, week, big four weeks coming up for the Saints. Go on. Uh, a couple of points, reason being. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one of my reasons, uh, we play um, Swans, Gold Coast, Geelong and Essendon, which are all winnable games. And we've got to stamp our uh, intentions that we're final contenders because 
if you look at what who we lost to, we only lost to uh, North Melbourne, Fremantle, which we donated the wins. Basically, we lost on our own terms, and we only actually lost to Collingwood. If you really look at it, so I reckon we're a good team. Okay, and so this is the time to show. Nathan, I know you love your Saints. Always nice to hear your voice. I had the Saints written down actually, just with one line next to them. Saints, how good are they? That's what I want to work out in the next four weeks with St Kilda. I want to work out just how good this team is and is where they're sitting right now on the table. Is that them? Are St Kilda potentially a top four team this year or are they a finals team or are they going to miss altogether? Their next four weeks, they've got Sydney at the Gabba. Now, this is going to be no no pushover. For those who are looking at Sydney and seeing that they're, they're at the bottom half of the table, one thing you know about the Swans, even with all of the injuries that they've got, they will put 100% effort out there 100% of the time. They're tough, they're hard, and they fight. So the Saints are going to have an arm wrestle at the Gabba on Saturday afternoon. That's no easy match by any stretch of the imagination. Suns after that at Metricon Stadium on a Thursday night. That's a late game, actually, too. On their home deck, the Suns are always going to be a, a much better prospect. So that game is up there to be won. Geelong at the Gabba. Well, the Cats are playing good footy at the moment and have been for most of the season. And then from they finish that off with Essendon, who I reckon Essendon are flying under the radar more than any other team in the competition right now. And they've still got a game in hand. So it is a massive four weeks for the Saints, Nathan, I agree, because we're going to work out just how good the Saints are in the next four weeks. We had a few text messages about St Kilda as well. So that seems to be the common theme for St Kilda supporters. Simon's in Northcote. Simon, thanks for your call. Hi, Jack. I'm good. So it's a big week, well, four weeks, for Brady Grundy. You've got no Pendlebury, no Dugowie, uh, and he got spanked last week by Nick Nat. He's possibly the best player in the comp, but he's not quite playing like that. And he has to fly across the country three times and lead a team that's depleted. And if he wants to maintain his status which he deserves, uh, he has to lift and really lead. You don't see, Simon, you don't see too often Brody Grundy get out class the way he did on Sunday. And it happens. Nick Nat knew he's a, when he's up and running, Nick Nat knew he's an incredibly tough matchup. And for me, horribly underrated. I, the, the, some of the criticism around Nick Nat I've never understood. But uh, Nick Nat was far too good on the weekend. He will have to lead for the front. He'll get side bottom back this week, so that'll help. And I think you'll see side bottom spend more time in and around the footy rather than being out on a wing because they're going to need him to be there. Um, and Pendlebury obviously out injured as well. Uh, they have so much of their game starts from the midfield, Collingwood. They need their ruckman firing. Uh, and I reckon Brody Grundy's a proud man, a very, very proud footballer and an outstanding footballer as well. I reckon he bounces back in a very, very big way this week. So... Uh, for Sean Darcy at the Fremantle Dockers, look out. You'll have a Brody Grundy coming at you on uh, on Monday that will be absolutely – a Sunday, I should say, the late game Sunday. It will be absolutely filthy with the way things went down last weekend. Simon, very, very good. Nice nomination by you. one 736 736 to join me. If you have just joined us, we're talking about who it's a big four weeks for. Normally on a Wednesday, I pose the question, who's it a big weekend for? I want to extend this for the next four weeks. Clinton's in Doncaster. G'day, Clinton. Uh, g'day, mate. Uh, just uh, I reckon it's a massive four weeks for Steel Sidebottom coming back in the team, 
redeemed himself right when Collingwood really need him. Grundy needs someone around him like his his calibre. Uh, with Pendlebury, Degoe out, I think he can make a massive inclusion in the team. It's a big four weeks for him to step back up to the plate. And will probably lead the team on the weekend, Clinton, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. Isn't that yeah, it'd be in- great to see him back. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Appreciate your call. Isn't that interesting that... Uh, Steel side bottom suspended for four weeks for breach of protocols, and then he's captain four weeks later when he comes back. I've actually got no issue with it, to be honest. I know we've had a few texts in the last couple of days about it. Um, he served his penalty. This is the first mistake that Steel side bottom's made in what's been an extremely decorated career. So I've got no problem seeing him toss the coin uh, on the weekend. Uh, he served his four weeks, and let's get on with it from there. There's a few texts about steel side bottom as well. A lot of Collingwood fans and footy fans in general just think that it's a big four weeks for steel side bottom. Might be a very big four weeks for Collingwood. Uh, Brendan's in Camberwell. Brendan, thanks for your call. Who's it a big four weeks for? I reckon it's a big four weeks for um, the Gold Coast. They've recruited really well. And um, I reckon this four weeks, will, if they can string a few out of that, then they might come home strong and hopefully make finals. It'd be good to see them. I know that some sort of think that half the world's barracking for the Gold Coast Suns at the moment. But, I, Brennan, I reckon we've seen them down the bottom for long enough now, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because they, they've recruited well, I think they, you know, deserve some sort of success. So, yeah, it's good for the competition. I'd like to see it. And, and they do play footy the right way. The Giants this week. So, what do we make of the Giants? What sort of sense do we make of their form right now? They were back last week in a big way, but... Did they get themselves up for the grand final rematch? Did we see enough? The, the thing that that I thought from the Giants game, that it was still individuals who were winning the game for them. It was still the five goals from Toby Green. It was still individual brilliance from Josh Kelly, Nick Haynes across half back. It was a good win, and they took down a good team in Richmond. I'm still not seeing enough of them playing together as a team at this stage. Maybe that will need to come. Um, Suns have got the Giants... Then they've got St Kilda next Thursday. I'm trying to make sense of what's rounds what, but let's just try and work in days. The Saints next Thursday at Metricon, which we spoke about earlier. After that, they have got Essendon on Wednesday the 12th at Metricon. So again, home game for them. It plays into their hands, and then they'll finish off with uh, Richmond at the Gabba. So that'll be a good test. That'll take us up to round 12, and we talk about who it's a big four weeks for. If the Suns can jag two of those next three and take on Richmond in round 12, then we might very seriously be talking about the Suns as a finals team. Brendan, very, very good call. Appreciate it. Charlie's in uh, Angerston. I think I pronounced that right. G'day, Charlie. Afternoon. How are you, gentlemen? Oh, we're excellent, thanks. We're all great. I just want your opinion on the staging. Go on. Player staging, go on. Uh, Okay. Do you remember way back when Matthew Lloyd used to get touched in the back and he'd fall forward and get a free kick? Mm-hmm. Now, some players know how to do it better than others. What is a player supposed to do? Stand there like a statue and not try and milk a free kick? I mean, everybody that's played the game at some point in time has staged for a free kick. Yep. So do you think that's a – is it a blot on our game? Uh, no, I think in all sports, I think your last point, Charlie, there was, was actually spot on. At, at some point, everyone in any sort of sport has done something to try and get favour from the umpire. So whether that's, you know, in footy, whether that's basketball, flopping's a big issue in basketball, in cricket, 
bowls appeal for LBW that may not be there. That's just the way that we're wired in a way that we're always going to look for a loophole. We're always going to look for a way to try and get a change or get some sort of decision going our way. So um, I think you're referring to Tom Papley and, and maybe a couple of others. It's just, unfortunately, it is what it is. And I'm not trying to not answer your question, Charlie, but if the umpires pay the free kick and the rules are there to pay it, players are going to look for it. It's unfortunately the way it is. More of your calls after this. one 736 736 on the phone. Who's it a big four weeks for? I want to talk to you about Richmond on the other side of this. A late change for tonight as well. Cody Waitman is outmanaged. So for those of you who do your little who do same game multis and have Cody Waitman as an anytime goal scorer, take him out. He's not playing tonight. Jackson Trengove is going to play his first game for 2020. Aaron Norton to join me in 10 minutes from now. Luke McDonald to join us a little bit later on in the hour as well. It's time on. Well, there won't be many changes. Um, you know, we're, we said we're not going to manage our players, but we're certainly not going to be reckless. And, and one of those decisions is not to play Harley Bunnell. Um, you know, he won't be selected. He'll be managed this week. You know, Harley's done an incredible job to get his body to a position where he can play consistent AFL footy. But we just thought with a four-day uh, break at this stage, we didn't want to you know, put that at risk. And it wasn't a, uh, a risk that we wanted to take. So Harley won't play, and he'll be the only player that'll be managed in that space. So Simon Goodwin's speaking today that Harley Bunnell won't play. They've been pretty careful with, uh, with the way that they're managing him. They're obviously well aware of his past and they're obviously well aware of the risks with his body. So he won't line up Harley Bunnell for Melbourne on Thursday night footy against Port Adelaide. We'll have those teams very, very shortly. Just confirming the change before the break. Cody Waitman is out of the Bulldogs team. He won't play in tonight's game. He's a late change and Jackson Trengove will come in for his first game of the year. And I would imagine, I would imagine that Trengove gets revolt and Keith would go to Lynch. That's the way I'm reading it, but uh, I could be wrong. They may pull a, a little bit of a Swifty the other way around. Also, news coming through late this afternoon. Our very own Sam Edmund, our chief sports reporter. The full article is now up on sen.com.au. Up to four clubs under AFL investigation for protocol breaches. Uh, the AFL is currently investigating the clubs and the multiple potential breaches alleged to have occurred in recent days. It comes as more than 400 family members are set to fly north on Thursday to join clubs for the rest of the season. This has been touched on around the surface in the last couple of days. A lot of this comes from not so much the players and the club officials. It's from family and members around the hubs and involved in the hubs that don't either perhaps know the rules as well as what they should have or perhaps aren't paying enough attention to the rules. News just coming in as well. It's all happening here on Time On. Uh, Tom Hawkins has had his one match ban overturned at the AFL Tribunal just a few moments ago. So Tom Hawkins free to play for the Cats in their game against the West Coast Eagles on Saturday night. That is a huge inclusion. I must say I'm a little bit surprised. We'll have more across the hour about the the case that the Cats argued. But Tom Hawkins free to play for Geelong against the Eagles this weekend. Tony's on the road, wants to talk about who it's a big month for. G'day, Tony. Yeah, go, yeah, go, go. I am good. Uh, look, I think this is going to be a bit of a defining moment for Essendon. I mean, I don't barrack for them, but I'm just looking at the fixture. I mean, over the next four weeks, I think they'll well, they've got Brisbane, they've got GWS, they've yep. got Gold Coast, and I think they've got St Kilda. Yeah, we're going to find a fair bit about the Bombers in the last in the next four weeks, aren't we? 
Well, I think so. But uh, I think, look, I think they're good enough to actually win two or three out of those games and they've got the capability to actually do it. But uh, you, you said it, you mentioned a comment a few uh, a few moments ago about saying that the Gold Coast they've been down the bottom too long. Geez, I tell you what, you're going to get some Carlton supporters ringing up and saying, <laughs> "Well, what about Carlton?" Yeah, true. Yeah, and and I, from a Gold Coast, another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Perspective, Tony. It's When I say they've been down the bottom too long, I, they're not a sympathy case. They've been down the bottom for too long because of the way that they've managed themselves. So they... From that point of view, I'm not saying that uh, we're sick of seeing them down the bottom because they deserve a break. They're the ones that have stuffed it up along the way. Well, look, possibly, and Carlton have probably done the same thing. I mean, it goes right across the board. I mean, from bad recruiting, from bad management, and uh, the players just weren't up to it and probably putting high price tags on themselves, and they just just didn't cut it as far as skill goes. But uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that with the players travelling uh, travelling north in the Queensland hub, I mean, why is it that the players' families and some friends, I know, and I've been led to believe that some friends have actually gone up north. Now, why have they been given amnesty as opposed to the general public about crossing the borders? Yeah, so I'm not sure about the friends side of things, Tony. I have heard a little bit of discussion around this. I I don't know and I don't want to speculate whether... I, I think if there's any sort of friends, if you want to use that term, I think it's maybe maybe they, they help care for the, for the children or something. I honestly don't know about that, but um, they... They applied. They've had to do their 14 days and they had to get out before a, um, a certain time as well. There are some more that are flying in. But again, uh, and as per Sam Edmonds' story, they'll need to do their 14 days. Um, they have had to apply. Every single one of them have had to apply and it's had to go through a process. Uh, sometimes sport can get access to things that, that some of us can't. Um, and they've been able to go through that process. But again, back to Sam's story. If you think this is a holiday and you're going to fly in and request to bring puppies and all sorts of garbage like that, the industry is depending on the next four weeks and the industry is depending on hubs. Now, for whatever reason you don't want to play within these rules or you don't feel like the rules belong, then don't go to the hub in the first place. Don't get on the plane on the AFL's dime and go there and put the entire season in jeopardy so you can have a dog or so you can go to a theme park. If, if it's not for you, that's fine. Just don't go. Stay home like the rest of Melbourne who don't have a choice at the moment and you can see your partner when he comes back. But if you're going there for a holiday and you're going there to jeopardise the competition, then don't do it. Tom's in Williamstown. G'day, Tom. How you going, mate? Good, thanks. Uh, just in regards, like, I'm going to spew up soon if I hear another person say Richmond have injuries, they're getting Calvary back. All that rubbish. Essendon and Collingwood have far more injuries structurally than Richmond. Richmond still have Dustin Martin, Jack Rewalt, and Tom Lynch in the side. They've got two blokes that chose not to come, so you can't add that into the injury list. I'm just sick of it. Well, you can because they're not there. They're not playing. 
But that's not an injury, mate. They're choosing not to go. But they're unavailable. So but they can't, not, but, but, so they can't but be selected, that, though, Tom, because they're unavailable. But that's not the point. They're choosing not to go. So that's not part of the cop-out. They can't lose this year, Richmond, because they do what they always do. They did, they, mate, in 2017, they didn't have an injury. They had a couple of injuries last year, no season ending besides Rand, and they played it like they won the best flag of all time. Well, you've got, to win, you've got to win it at the end of the day. You obviously don't like Richmond, and that's fine, Tom. You've got to win it at the end of the day. So on the premiership, there's only one name carved. And in terms of players not there, so you can talk about Basha Hawley or Shane Edwards here. Gary Ablett now falls into this situation. Nathan Brown at St Kilda. There's still players that the coach, when they sit down and pick the team for the weekend, Tom, there's still players that are unavailable. They've stayed home for personal reasons, but they're still unavailable at the end of the day. Richmond have got injuries. You're right on Essendon. They have injuries. Collingwood have got injuries. Everyone's got injuries. And in this condensed season, we're seeing more and more of it. It's just, to me, the commentary around Richmond's injuries and who they're going to get back, a lot of it's been around the upside. And I guess what we're saying is if you look at Richmond now, with the players they've still got, still got to come back in the next few weeks, there's a lot of upside. So I reckon that's the commentary. But Tom, I can, I can, tell, I can tell you don't like the Tigers, but that's okay. We're going to head to the Bulldogs' rooms after this. Aaron Norton will join us on Time On. Time On with Jack Everett. Oh, I think it'll keep changing, Drew. Uh, you know, when you consider that you know, Aaron Norton will be available selection in a, in a couple of weeks, Josh Dunkley will um, come back into consideration. Uh, we anticipate that Lockie Hunter will be available for selection again. Um, you know, in a couple of games. Uh, so it'll keep changing. But, uh, but yeah, I think our forward line will continue to um, evolve. And some of our decision-making around selection and what we do through those roles in the midfield and how, how deep we go and some of the peripheral roles and responsibilities outside of the inside mid-area uh, will change the face of our team again as the, as the games roll on. Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge talking in the lead-up to tonight's game against Richmond about the way that their forward line looks. You're with Jack Heverin here on SEN. one 736 736 to join me on the phone. 0433 16 on the text. Just recapping the teams for tonight. Jack Ross, Oleg Markov, Sydney Stack and Trent Cochin in for the Tigers. Daniel Rioli omitted, Jack Graham omitted, Paddy Nash omitted, and Nick Floston is out injured for the Dogs. Jackson Trengove in the late change for Cody Waitman, Sam Lloyd in, Toby McLean in, Callum Porter, and Lockie Young will miss as well. I'm sure the Doggies would love to have Aaron Norton out there tonight, but the good news, as you just heard, is that he's getting closer to a return. The even better news is that he joins us tonight here on SEN. Aaron, thanks for your time. Yes, no, it's good to be here. How's the weather looking? Um, yeah, it's been obviously um, the weather up here is unbelievable compared to Melbourne. So um, yeah, I'm loving um, the weather up in the Gold Coast, which is good. Yeah, it seems as though as a club, and, and everyone's releasing their own sort of social media clips and all that sort of stuff. And, and we as fans and and footy lovers only see the good, obviously. But it seems like as a club, you've you've really taken it on and embraced the entire hub atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it's a pretty unique challenge that we uh, sort of face up here and. I think the benefit of us as, as a Bulldogs is that we're a pretty young group, so um, a lot of us, um, you know, love still hanging out with each other and still all house share and um, live together in that sense. So to be up here has been good, and um, yeah, everyone's really buying into 
the hub life, I guess, and it's sort of um, showing us the way we're playing, which is nice. There are a couple of the boys who have got young kids. We spoke to Mitch Wallace on the show a couple of weeks ago. Are you part of the babysitting crew, or is that basically just Josh Dunkley looking after that? Um, no, all the young boys have been pretty good. I mean, um, definitely is a little bit different. We have so many, a uh, few little kids running around, but um, yeah, all the boys are loving it. It's probably, um, you know, so it's not always footy, footy, footy. You sort of have that release and, you know, you can muck around with the kids and have a bit of fun. So um, I'm sure the parents are all loving it, but um, they can offload it to the 40-odd <laughs> uncles of us players that are up here, which is nice. Yeah, the best part for you is that you can give them back when you're done with them, Aaron, as well. So yeah, there's, exactly. <laughs> there's no sweat give there. Give up a little bit and just give them back. Exactly. Hey, what's – I mean, life in rehab as an injured player is obviously different because you're a little bit away from the group. Is it any more different given that you're in a hub or is it actually – are you actually sort of closer to the group than what you would normally be? Um, I'd say probably closer. I mean, um, I was really wrapped that you know, the Bulldogs from the start um, decided to bring their whole playing list up. I feel, especially for myself, who was going to be in rehab, it really sort of helped rather than sort of being stuck in Melbourne um, and then having to come up later and isolate by myself just with the rehab boys. So I was pretty wrapped with their decision. And then, yeah, you probably are probably still closer with um, the group because... Obviously, under all the rules, you have to go everywhere together with everyone, whereas sort of probably back home um, at the club, the rehab boys are quite separate to the group for when you're in there. So, um, yeah, it's been good. How is your ankle coming along? We heard Luke Beveridge, and we played that grab before we brought you in, said that you back in the next couple of weeks. Is everything looking on track? Yeah, definitely had a session today, and um, so he's starting to do a few more drills, which is good, and... Um, building up nicely. So, yeah, definitely um, probably a couple more weeks, but, yeah, it's looking promising. Does the compressed games, does it change anything for you? And you'd be speaking, obviously, to the medical staff about your projected return. Does it change anything with the games so close together? Would would you potentially play one and then step out for the next, or you haven't quite got that far yet? Um, No, I probably haven't had those conversations. The main thing with the condensed season is probably, you know, instead of normal um, injury being six to eight weeks, which would be six to eight games, but now it's probably, you know, eight to ten games. Yeah. So that's probably the only downside to it. But in terms of, yeah, playing one, missing the next, I haven't really spoken about that. Aaron Norton joining us tonight here on Time On. Now, you're not at the venue yet. You're going to walk over very, very shortly. How's the feeling, though, in the group ahead of tonight's game? It's a, it's a big one, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it is definitely a big um, one to start off all the consecutive games. So, I mean... Yeah, speaking to the boys today, they're really excited to um, sort of put their best foot forward once again and hopefully kickstart this next sort of real chunk of games that are really tight together. So um, no doubt it'll be pretty exciting. So you've won three of your last five. Are we starting, for Bulldogs fans listening tonight, are we starting to see the sort of game plan and the sort of style that you want to play this year? Is it all starting to slowly come together? Yeah, I think so. Form's been um, pretty decent the last few games. Obviously, each game there's things to improve on but I think really after this next month we'll um, sort of find where we sit obviously we're playing you know Port Adelaide and Brisbane after Richmond Um, so yeah definitely after this next couple of weeks we'll really see um, our brand and how it stacks up against you know the good sides of the competition. Caleb Daniel playing game number 100 tonight I love the way that he uses the footy he's as as precise a kick over 25 metres as, as anyone in the competition He's not built for footy. He's certainly not big enough to be playing footy at this level, but he does it beautifully every single week. How is he around the group? He seems like an infectious little character. 
Yeah, definitely. Everyone loves little Caleb. He's um, <laughs> obviously playing some unbelievable footy. Um, he sort of found his role at that half-back um, from the start of last year. And, um, yeah, he's, obviously his skills sort of speak for himself. The way that he finds some of the targets um, he's probably the only one in the comp with some of the kicks that he pulls off. So um, definitely an exciting player. Um, once again, one of on the younger side of the group. So um, with all of us, yeah, get along really well. And, and it sort of gives you so much of your scoring comes off halfback, but you get two different looks at it, don't you? You get the precise ball use of Caleb Daniel, and then you get the, the run and the dash and the dare of Jason Johannesson. So you can cut teams up both ways. Yeah, definitely. Those two are probably really important to the way we play. And um, yeah, it's always nice that, um, yeah, you've got CD, obviously, as you said, with his elite skills, and then JJ Bowder just personally break, uh, break the lines of his genuine pace. So, um, yeah, I think the back line from, right from the start of the year have been unbelievable. They've been pretty solid. Not much change has happened down there, and um, they're working really good together. Uh, lastly, the debutants that you've unveiled this year. So we've had a look at Cody Waitman. We've had a look at Latham Vandermeer. Benny Kavara got a game earlier in the season, just to name three of your, your five debutants. What does a first gamer do to the group when you find out the news during the week that someone's going to make their debut? And do you try? And it wasn't that long ago that you played your first game. What can it do for the group in the lead up to a game? Yeah, you know, I guess it probably just makes that a little bit extra special. I mean, especially for the player themselves, all the hard work that they've done, um, and then finally being able to give given the opportunity to play, it probably just gives a bit of a spark to the group. I mean, um, you probably would have seen. One like last weekend with Callum Porter, you know, he was my draft year, one of my good mates at the club, and to see him, you know, work and progress two years in the VFL and really start to become a consistent player there, and then to finally get his opportunity. And I mean, he's probably one of the favourites among the boys. Everyone loves mm. him, you know, Joe Teller and um, always vocal out in the track. So for someone like him to get his opportunity after two years of grinding away. Um, I think, yeah, it showed that everyone was so happy for him and wrapped, and uh, it just brings that little bit extra to the group. Uh, it's a huge game tonight, Aaron. It's just a shame we can't see you out there, but the good news is you'll be back in the next couple of weeks. So good luck with rehab and good luck for your boys tonight. Cheers. Thank you. With Jack Everon. Good to have your company on time on. Doggies and Tigers tonight. If you've just joined us, the late change is Cody Waitman out of the team for the Western Bulldogs and Jack Trengove coming in. I caught up with Aaron Norton a short time ago. It's up on the podcast now. This is how efficient Lawrence is, our man. He's already turned it around on Twitter and on the podcast as well. So you can download that and all of the good stuff from across the day here at SEN. Teams are in for Melbourne and Port Adelaide in Thursday night footy. That game to be played at the Gabba at 7.50 Eastern Standard Time. For the D's, Tom McDonald in, Tom Sparrow in as well as Harley Bunnell is outmanaged. And I'm not sure how Demons fans are going to feel about this one. Neville Jetta has been omitted. That surprises me. For Port Adelaide, Jared Leanett comes in. Tom Rockliffe in after being out in the wilderness for the last couple of weeks as well. Riley Bonner has been omitted and Todd Marshall will miss through injury. They're the only teams that will get tonight. 
Uh, but of course, the match committee back tomorrow night. Terry Wallace to join me from six o'clock in this very slot. Now, at the end of last night's show, because of training and timings, I caught up with Luke McDonald from the Kangaroos. Now, unfortunately, because the chat was after the show finished last night, I didn't get the opportunity to ask him about Majak Dor and his return to the group today, which is a fantastic story, no doubt about it. But I did uh, start by asking him about the old-fashioned slog in the wet against the Blues last week. I suppose driving down to Brizzy from Richard Oil was absolutely uh, raining heaps and <laughs> Um, as soon as the siren started, though, to be honest, um, it, it cleared up and, and it was not too bad. And, and the Gabba drained really well. And um, I suppose after three-quarter time, it started the downpour started again, which which probably wasn't ideal as we had a bit of a run on. But um, but yeah, that's footy, mate. That's that's what it's always been like playing in any condition. Yep. Uh, we're certainly not playing at Etihad at the moment. So, no. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. So when you get a game like that, take us into the, the team meeting before the game, if you can. You, you'll go in and you'll have your midweek analysis and this is what we want to do and we want to try and move the footy this way, et cetera. But when, when it's conditions like that, do you almost have to abandon all of those plans and just go with the flow? Oh, it certainly changes a lot. Uh, you certainly don't want to overpossess the ball or, or do anything like that in the wet. It's, it's just a territory game. It's a contested footy game, which is which usually suits us. Um, so, yeah, that's it. When, when the conditions change, um, yeah, you've got to change with it because, yeah, there's no, play, no point playing like we're under the roof um, when it's raining. So, so yeah, everything sort of goes up in the air. But, um, but yeah, it turns into a contest, and, and that's what we usually love. 23 points down at quarter time. And then from there, you come away and whatever Reese said to the, the group at quarter time worked because you won the next two quarters after that. What changed after the first break? Um, oh, well, Jed Anderson went to Paddy Cripps and, and sort of changed the momentum of the game a bit, I reckon. He was um, he was really good, Jed, for, for the majority of the day. And, and um, yeah, the midfield just started getting on top. We, you know, we started to get more more out of our ball movement and um yeah hopefully you know that that second quarter can be a turning point for, for the remainder of our year um yeah we've taken a lot of positives from that game but at the end of the day we didn't win and, and that's what we're in the caper to do to win games and yeah we haven't been doing that too well at the moment i know it's a not the game or certainly weren't the conditions for the big tour forwards but i thought it was noticeable just having nick larkey back there and just giving more options for your mids to kick to inside 50. Did you, did you find that? And do you think that as Nick gets back in and gets more settled that your avenues to goal will start to open up again? Oh, without a doubt. Um, we've been hanging to get Clarks back into the team and obviously had a little bit of an interruption with a little stress fracture in his foot, but he's back and, and yeah, he's going to make the job a lot easier for, for him and Benny Brown and all the other forwards because, yeah, you need a quality defender to to stop Nick's influence. Um, and he's only young as well. Mm. He's only going to get better. So, yeah, he's he's one of the ones that, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to growing over this season and, and over the next few. Luke McDonald from the Kangaroos joining us tonight here on SCN. Now, tell us about your season that you're having and, and the role in particular you're playing. You're spending more time up. You're spending more time in and around the, the midfield, but standing next to some of the, the competition's best mids at times as well just take us through the off season was this something that was planned or has it sort of just evolved uh well it, was, it certainly mentioned um last year that you know potentially because i've been had a lot of roles on dangerous small forwards and and um always sort of did see myself um as a bit of a midfielder so yeah i'm sure he sort of Mentioned it last year. Obviously, we, we have Benny Jacobs, who's you know one of the best targets of all time on our list, and um, 
yeah, just can't get his body right at the moment. So yeah, did did a fair bit of work with him and um, and Gavin Brown and and yeah, I I suppose um, yeah, I think my first sort of run with role was against Bont. So yep. Yep. Um, yeah, he's obviously a superstar and tough and, initiation. Yeah, yeah, tough initiation. <laughs> but um, you know, that's 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 come to the territory, and I was really looking forward to that and and went okay on him. So I suppose. But yeah, then again, on the weekend, I was just playing as a normal backman. So it's going to change throughout the year with whatever the team needs. Because at the end of the day, I just I just want to win. And and yeah, no matter no matter what uh, role I'm playing, that's that's what I'm out there to do. You're not far away, are you? There's been a lot discussed about your mob and how you've been tracking in the last month. But do you take a bit away from Saturday's game to know that you you know you were, you were almost there? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I think we got our game back going on the weekend. We've been uh, we've had a few disappointing weeks prior to that but um yeah we've taken a lot out of the weekend obviously the blues are going all right this year so um yeah they've been going really well but um yeah we're just really really looking forward to this weekend against Adelaide um and then I suppose into the short turnarounds from there how are you going to approach the short turnarounds every club's going to have their own philosophy and way that they want to go about it have you spoken as a as a group that you might be asked to sit out a game or might be asked to play on some managed minutes. What's it looking like for the Roos? Uh, yeah, we haven't discussed that at the moment. Um, got a pretty lengthy injury list, but I think we're going to be <laughs> getting a few boys back over the next few weeks, which which will be exciting. And, um, and yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> I just want to play. So uh, <laughs> I certainly won't be putting my hand up for a rest. But, um, but yeah, we haven't discussed that at, at this stage. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly going to be different. I think we've got um, back-to-back four-day breaks. So most of the... Most of the boys around the league, uh, we're usually soaking after six-day breaks. So the four-day <laughs> four breaks will, will test us out. But, you know, that's that's it. That's that's what re- what's required this year. And that's why it's different to every other. And, um, and yeah, I suppose it, it is what it is. You know, you just got to get on with it. So does it just mean more recovery sessions and less meetings and less training? Is that basically how it's going to break down for you on these short turnarounds? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's sort of what I'm gathering. And, and you know, I'm... I'm not a massive fan of meetings, and so uh, you know, just, I'm more of a fan of just playing. So um, suits me to a T. But um, but yeah, I suppose yeah. As I said, we haven't really discussed it, but you see it around the world with other leagues. You know, with, especially in soccer with midweek games, and um, and even in um, even in the past, I was actually talking to Gavin Brown, who is obviously a um, Hall of Famer for the Pies. Um, he's working for us uh, in development, and he was saying that he used to play. Um, midweek games in state of origin mm. and back up on the weekend. So it's been done before and, and we actually don't have to look too far as well because we're staying at the same resort as uh, Melbourne Storm and a lot of those boys play origin midweek yep. and then back up for the club. So, yeah, there's certainly no excuses. And, um, yeah. Really- Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Really, really looking forward to it, to be honest.